are listening to Up To Me Radio, the best in inspirational talk radio. It's up to me. God Identity Podcast. We are a faith-based platform where we influence creatives to live authentically in pursuit of their purpose. So if you're passionate about impacting lives, monetizing your gifts and talents, and you desire to grow a relationship with God, then tune in to our podcast. We are so glad to have you a part of our community. Welcome back to the God Identity Podcast. I am your host, Arnesia. Today's episode, I have a special guest with me. Her name is Tracy, and she is a trauma healing and mindset coach. Say hey, Tracy. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so excited to have you have you on the podcast. And um, I just know like you're going to give us something in, in in general because I feel like your spirit is so full so i i met you at the mall <laughs> i met a lot of people at the mall <laughs> and um you're someone who is just in the realm of trauma healing and mindset so could you just please introduce yourself to us absolutely and thank you so much arnesia it is actually my pleasure to meet you i actually picked up your book um, after i found you on instagram and absolutely love 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 the book so thank you so much it's an honor to be here with you as arnesia said i am a trauma healing and mindset coach for high achieving black women and let me explain what that means. High achieving does not mean that you got all the degrees, but a lot of them are high achieving, meaning that they do have the degrees. They are in C-suite offices. High achieving means simply that you are one of those women who are always striving to be your highest self in one capacity or another. It could be as a wife or a mother, um, as a friend, as a student, as a business owner, as an employee, or all of the above, because we do wear a lot of hats. And as a trauma healing and mindset coach, the goal is to help my sisters to actually integrate the various types of trauma and wounds that we carry as a community um, from the historical trauma of slavery from the trauma of simply being a black woman in this world um, because we know as Malcolm X said the black woman is the least protected least respected least everything unfortunately but we are the carriers of this world in so many ways from the men in our lives to our parents to our children um, to the employers that we work with the businesses that we carry um, so even though that is um, unfortunately, sometimes the case, um, the goal is to help us to remember that we are indeed enough, that we are and always have been worthy by simply being God's child. And how do we integrate that, those traumas into our lives, whether it be from my for me, I've dealt with childhood trauma. I've dealt with um, believing that I was abandoned by my father. I dealt with almost being raped by a family friend. I've dealt with so many wounds and so many traumatic experiences. And if I had not integrated 
the trauma into my daily life. And what I mean by integrate, meaning I don't allow the trauma to be the forefront of my life. It's in the back where it should be. But I learned whatever lessons there were that were involved in some of those traumas, because not every trauma has a lesson. For instance, me being almost raped by a childhood friend had no lesson in it for me. So what I can glean from um, those experiences, I've actually integrated those into my lives. And that's what made me um, the person that I am, and which also makes me um, a darn freaking awesome trauma healing coach for my sisters because I've been there and I have been in many of your my sister's shoes and I've actually overcome and now I'm a, not just a survivor, I'm a thriver. Um, so I don't count it um, a small duty. I count it a huge, huge blessing. Um, I counted a huge gift um, to be able to collectively um, select work with my sisters to heal in community. I absolutely just love it. I love it. And so one thing that you mention a lot is sisters and I'm just envisioning sisterhood. Mm -hmm. so I want to know, like, do you have sisters, uh, siblings? I am the oldest of three, but I do have, um, uh, what would you call them? Uh, stepsisters. I don't know if you, I, we have the same father, but I am not very close to them. So no sisters in that perspective. Physically, yes, but I don't have a relationship. Um, and it is something that I've always, always wanted, um, but it's just never happened. But I have so many sisters, if you will, from people who have supported me, people who pour into me, um, friends that I made in corporate America, people that I've met simply on Instagram. I have some amazing sisters, um, Authentic Suge, Authentically Suge, Karen Scott, um, Bernadette Pleasant, people that I've never met, but embrace me with the fullness of being my sisters um, in my blood, but they're my sisters in Christ. And, and that's even more powerful for me. I absolutely love it. And I accept all of that beauty and love and support and kindness and just the yumminess of being black sisters. Mm -hmm. Yes, I love it too. And it's amazing how social media can do that for us now. Like <laughs> you can be yeah. a sister from Africa, from Australia. And it's just that online community that brings people together and even in person as well. So I know your, your brand is Planet to Flourish, right? Yes. So how did that come about? Because I feel like that has a lot to do with sisterhood, community, but just being planted to flourish. Tell us about planting. Mm -hmm. That's a, a beautiful one. Planted to flourish. Well, I have to go to the beginning because when I started my Instagram account, I was simply looking for plant mamas and daddies. I have over 400 <laughs> plants throughout my home. I am a plant lover. Um, you can't see my plants, but I'm going to show Arnesia some of one of my plants on my desk. I mean, we have plants on all three levels of our home, hanging on the floor, on the counters. So at the time, I didn't have 400 plants. I was just getting started. And that was September of 2019, I believe. And I was just looking for plant mamas and daddies. But because I'm always looking for meaning in something, I started to recognize that I was learning so much about life from my plants. Simply just being my authentic self, not trying to be like a monstera wasn't trying to be like a, um, 
a ponytail palm or or fiddly fig. It was simply happy just being a whatever that plant was, right? And I started to look at those lessons. And so I would just start, um, my captions would be about how my plants were teaching me lessons. And then life, of course, um, many of our brothers and sisters, not something that we are not um, immune to, unfortunately, were being killed by the police, unarmed sisters and brothers. And my conversations became... um, charged with my pain, with my hurt, with my anger, with my rage, with my sometimes feelings of helplessness. Um, And I started to notice how many of my sisters in my plant community were just really needing support. And I coached before in my past. I used to be a fashion blogger for the 50 plus uh, one. And I I gave up coaching because it was just so hard to connect with 50 plus women to encourage them and inspire them to step out of the mindset that they are old. I'm 54 years young. And if you see me, you would never guess it. Um, Not just because of how I look, but because of how I act. I don't even dress like what society says I'm supposed to dress like. I still wear my mini skirts, my four inch heels and will jump up on a table and do whatever dance that I need to dance. Okay. Um, Yes, I will because I am still very, very vibrant. I'm still very young and I just, I had to give it up because I, women just weren't gravitating to that. And when all of this killing and all of the lives that were being taken and being a mother of two daughters of myself and the pain of so many mothers, but not just that pain, all of the pain of what was happening around us in in the workplace, um, in relationships, um, everything was just starting to just cave in on us, especially with COVID. And then after um, George Floyd's murder, I really tapped into it and I was like, okay, God, this is obviously something that you want me to do. I don't really want to do this, but God, I want to be in your will. So I was like, Jesus in Gethsemane, um, if if this ain't what you, what you got for me, Lord, take it away. He did not. <laughs> and here we are almost a year later, but it was really out of the desire personally to be able to provide a safe place for my sisters to be able to cry without someone saying, why are you taking that so seriously? Or And, and know that my tears and her tears mattered because so often as black women, our pain goes unnoticed. It's we're told to suck it up and keep pushing and and move on, not just from society, but even in our own community. We're just, you know, that strong black woman trope is killing us. So I wanted to create a place and provide a, a way for our sisters to be heard, not just to be heard, but to be seen, to be fulfilled and to know that she has somewhere to go to unload but not just to just unload, but also to do the healing that's necessary so that we can integrate all of this ugly stuff because we can't get away from it. 
So we have to learn how to live with it, but in a productive, efficient manner that allows us to still live our best life that God has for us and also flourish like the plants and the trees of Lebanon. So planted to flourish actually came from the Bible verse. I believe it's in Psalm where he says he wants us to be able to stand like the, the palms of Lebanon. Because that is exactly what he wanted for us. If you read his scripture, he says he wanted us to live life more abundantly. In Jeremiah, he said that he wanted us to to give us, to prosper us so that we could have hope and a future. And that's what Planet to Flourish is about. It's about helping my sisters, regardless of what has happened. And we're not negating it. We're not discounting it. We are still acknowledging it. But what we're doing is we're recalibrating what has happened to us. We're getting re- and realigned with what God's will is for us. And we're moving forward and integrating that and making that part of our story and not being ashamed of it. And being able to share that part of our story, as long as it's not triggering, but being able to take those pieces of the story of our lives and make them part of truly our story because a lot of times we run from them we don't want to share those things that have happened to us so planet to flourish is exactly that the goal is for my sisters who work with me who are in contact with me in any sort of way to flourish in some capacity by something i say something i do something i share um and and that's the goal every day my my quest my quest to god every day is lord what do you want me to tell your people mm-hmm. I love it. You said so many things. It's like, I want to touch down on all of them. I want to also, I want to say this part. How would you pull the voice out of a woman who is struggling to express her story? And I ask this because I have a friend who is struggling to share her story. And I have like worked with her and I'm like, Hey, you know, we can get your book out here. I'm teaching her how to like share her story from her book. How do you pull the voice out of a woman? Mm-hmm. Well, the the pulling the voice isn't actually me pulling the voice. It's actually God and the Holy Spirit, because in every session that I have with my clients, we bring God and the Holy Spirit into it. And not only do I bring God and the Holy Spirit into it, I use other modalities. Um, breath work is huge for me. He breathed the breath of life into Adam's nostrils. So we I use different modalities to help. But the biggest thing that I use to help someone to own their voice again, to take sovereignty over their who they are, to take agency over their lives, and to be sufficient in who they are, is patience. Because what happened didn't happen just yesterday. And everyone's experience of traumatic experiences are hurtful things in their lives. It's going to be different. What may not be traumatic for me may be traumatic for you. So the first thing that I have to do is to make certain that she is, she knows that she is safe with me. The second thing is be patient. It's not about how fast you can go through this process. It's about how efficient and how effective we are together as we co-create your new reality, which is integrating and recalibrating and realigning so that she can reawaken to who she's supposed to be. Because what we sometimes forget is that as traumatic as our stories can be and sometimes are, that there is purpose in those stories that we may not actually know at that time, 
But opening our mouth, sharing our stories, even when our voices are breaking, when tears are streaming down our face, because right now I'm about to cry for her and I have no idea what her story is. But knowing that someone else may actually be healed because of your story, because the moment that we can open our mouth, and even if we can't speak it audibly, if we can write about it in a journal, if we can get it out of our system, it has less and less power over us. So I do use breath work. I use journaling. I am also using crystal healing energy because we know that everything in this world is healing, um, is energy. And sometimes uh, we have to use other modalities um, that God has created for us to help my sisters get from that place where they can't own that voice, where it's triggering. Because here's the thing about coaching with me. I don't have to know what happened per se. I don't need to know blow by blow what happened, but I do have to have some idea of what has transpired in your past so that we can work on where you lost your voice, where you lost your power, where the shame is coming from, where the guilt is coming from, where you have started to dim your light. Why did you dim your light? Why you're thinking that you're an imposter because you don't feel like you should have these accolades, that you shouldn't have these things. We have to understand those things because a lot of those things are generational. A lot of it is historical. Much of it, because we spend so much of our time in the workplace, is workplace or corporate trauma and the stories that I hear about corporate trauma and how it continues to compound intergenerational trauma and historical trauma is just it's mind-blowing because we don't even realize that we are we know that we are going through something at work we just simply think that it's just racism but it deals with patriarchy it is very much um rooted in uh, white, well, I don't like to say that word, white inferiority complex, um, because anytime you're supreme, there's no reason for you to have to put someone else down because your supremeness is going to always rise, right? So I, I don't like that even using that word. I like to, I prefer to use white inferiority complex or white toxicity because um, that's exactly what it does. It, 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 toxifies our mind it toxifies how we are showing up um so but the first thing of course is my prayer and of course patience but it will only happen and i say this all the time and i I just wrote a post about this in my private facebook group is that we have to be open to the process of change and the possibilities that it's going to give us but that is going to require someone who is ready to change. So I commend you for doing all that you're doing for your friend. Um, Continue to support her in the way that you know to support her. Continue to keep her prayed up. Continue to give her grace and compassion as she moves through this. It may not happen this week. It may not happen next month. It may not happen next year. But knowing that she has you to lean on and to support her gives her strength and more strength as the time goes to the point where she may be able to open up. Some people never tell their story. Some people never tell their story. And that's, it's hard, it's disheartening because we know the power of not opening up and sharing your story, how much it takes from you. 
Because if you never tap into those emotions and those feelings, you never get to truly experience the fullness of joy and peace and happiness and contentment that God has for you. I 100% agree. And as you were speaking, I was just imagining another way for someone who may not know exactly how to express themselves. I always think of like, it's an art. It's like finding finding that art within you, that drawing, whether it's drawing, painting, dancing, poetry, oh, yeah. storytelling, like it's a, it's a, I believe that there's a, that God has given us each a gift and it's a portal that we have to tap into that mm-hmm. will help us to express parts of us that maybe we can't tell everybody what exactly happened to us, but they can tell a story about what happened to a woman. And that can be a way of them just getting it off of their chest. Exactly. Wants, wants it to be about them. Right. I'm so glad you brought that up because I didn't share all of the modalities that I use, but I just recently got certified to be a femme attuned um, movement um, teacher, which is tapping into our emotions and using movement to tap into whether it's grief, if it's happiness, if it's sadness, whatever those different emotions are. Because like you said, sometimes we can't um, say it with our mouth. But here's the beauty thing. We have to Our body holds so much of the trauma. If you've ever read the book or ever heard of the book, The Body Keeps Score, um, the body has the information. That's why we always say that you have all the information inside you because you really do. The things that you may not be able to remember in your mind your body remembers it. So me using movement to help my clients tap into those emotions is also a wonderful tool. I've used um, dance therapy, movement therapy and dance therapy. They're sort of the same, but with movement therapy, it's somatic. We're real. It's not so much dance as it is. You just move in your body. However, that emotion is directing you to move it. So if the movement is grief, you're going to show me in your body how grief looks. You're going to tell me what color it looks like, what food, if any, that it looks like, what sound is it making Um, versus dance therapy, dance therapy, where you're just moving your body and you're truly dancing. I have used that with one uh, client who has had some difficulty. Really, she logically has, she knows her emotions logically, but she has suppressed her emotions so much over her lifetime that she doesn't give herself the opportunity to actually feel those emotions. So she can't actually tell me, what are you feeling? A lot of the questions in my coaching is, what are you feeling? Because I need to understand the emotion that's coming up. And sometimes they can't tell me what that emotion is. So I use a a diaphragm, a a diagram called a feeling and emotions wheel. So they'll look at different words and tell me how that, what emotion is coming up. And then we can work through it. Um, I also use uh, meditation. Um, That is really, really big. Um, I use uh, emotional sensory relaxation meditation for some of my clients to help them tap into the feelings. Um, and find their voice, but we use a lot of different modalities. Um, in next month, July, actually, um, I will be releasing a new 
program called Healing Tea, which is thoughts, emotions, and and actions. And I am actually partnering with other sisters who own businesses um, who are going to be sharing their stories of trauma, but they're also going to be using the various modalities. Uh, The first one is actually an art therapy session where we're going to be working through some of our emotions and feelings uh, with art. But that's going to be every month that we're doing that. And the reason why I'm doing that is because, one, um, healing collectively and in community. But second, I also want to be able to collaborate with other sisters so that they can actually be able to connect with other sisters in their community and grow their business um, with our dollar. Mm, That's amazing. That is beautiful. So that's starting in July, right? It's starting in July. Okay. More to come. (laughs) We'll definitely take. Follow Planet to Flourish on Instagram. You might just find something really, really beneficial for your soul. That sounds like a really great idea. And um, that brings the community together a lot more. And um, I'm pretty sure it's mm-hmm. going to be a great addition to what you already have when it comes to your heart, when it comes to women and in general. So we need people like you and the earth who are just flourishing in their gifts, flourishing in the healing part. Because I know like you, I, I, you haven't told all of your story of what transpired. And I feel like that would have to be a part two or something, but either way, I feel like you, <laughs> you have given us so much to just feast on because thinking about it, I can go and think of, okay, if I'm feeling some type of way, I can use a body movement that's going to make me think of how else I can actually like express myself. Um, Because a lot of times in our mind for the one out there that's listening in your mind, you have all of these thoughts, especially if you're an over analytical thinker, Mm. we have thoughts, right? We have thoughts all the time and oftentimes we leave it in there. And one of the things I told myself today is declutter. Mm, yes clutter your mind declutter your your space declutter your soul your spirit your heart and we have to find healthy ways to declutter one of my one of my you know vices back then was smoking and that wasn't a healthy way to declutter for me because it became an addiction Mm -hmm. turned into me trying to figure out where to find this love that was like missing in my in my life and Mm -hmm. um but you have a way to help us to recover and heal in a healthy way. So yeah. that's really, that's, it's needed. And um, I appreciate you. I appreciate Oh, you. thank you. I appreciate you too. And I, I really want to share a little bit about my story because sometimes people don't really know. And when you see me, I don't look like what I've been through. Let me just tell you just a little bit, and I won't take too much of your time, but I am the product of a single mother. My mother got pregnant the first time she had sex, and so did I. Um, But that's another story for another day. And my father um, was sent to Vietnam. She didn't know that she was pregnant with me when he was um, drafted to go to Vietnam. My grandmother intercepted the letter, so he did not know about me until after I was born. Um, I didn't grow up with my father, so I do have a father wound. Um, Many of us uh, as black women have father wounds, whether we grew up with them or we did not. I always felt 
um, abandoned by him. I, I just never felt like I was good enough. Because so, if my dad didn't want me, who else could possibly want me? I mean, heck, if your father doesn't want you, that's how I felt. I never knew why I even felt that way because my mom never told me that my dad didn't want me. Um, and I did see him. I spent time with him, but I all, because I also have other siblings, right? So they're living with him. I'm not, and I am the oldest. So what was wrong with me? So I had that wound. My mother also wasn't a nurturer. My mother was an amazing mother. She took care of us. She put clothes on my back. We never did without. I don't know how she did it because my mother was a domestic worker and she made sure. I remember wearing Nikes. I had my own bedroom. We never shared a bedroom. I had a beautiful life other than I needed more from my mother than my mother was capable of giving me. Um, and that was a big big source of contention for me because I needed her and she just didn't know how to do it. And I was angry with my mother for a long time. So my mother was also, she married my stepfather who was very abusive. I watched my mother almost get killed um, with a meat cleaver with my stepfather. I've seen so much. I told myself as a kid that I was never going to let a man hit me. Well, guess what? First of all, I did exactly like my mother. I did not know my mother got pregnant with me the first time she had sex until after my father died in 2009. I wish she had told me because at 15, I would have used protection the first time because I wouldn't have. But then again, no, I wouldn't because I wouldn't have my beautiful daughter who is now 38 years young. But my first love, my first everything, I he was my idea of what my father should have been for me. But he was abusive. I carry a scar with me over my right eye from where he punched me in front of his sister. I remember the first time he slapped me, my baby was six weeks old in front of his family. Y'all see, a, a, there's a recurring thing that there was no fear in where he would hit me. Um, I married him after our daughter was, my mother would not let me get married. She was like, if you get married, you're not going to, I'm not signing for you to get married because if something happens in your marriage, you're going to be responsible for that. You're not going to blame me for allowing you to get married. And I like that. I, I, I respected that. Um, so we did get married and we stayed married for 14 years. But of those 14 years, we probably lived in the same house less than three years. But we stayed married and had another child. And throughout that, I've been kicked in the stomach at eight months pregnant with his second child. He did it. I have been body slammed on the concrete in front of the police and the police did not do a thing. Trust me, I have been I've been through. I've had a sawed off shotgun pulled in my face and I was like, just pull the trigger, please, because I'm tired. I can't do this anymore. I didn't even think about my babies at that moment. I was simply just tired. And he looked at me like, this woman is crazy. But you pulled the gun, right? And I called the police and the police said, this was my first, no, it was my second instance of knowing how, how little my life meant in this world the police said we don't see anything wrong here as long as you have birth control i had just gotten a sawed off shotgun pulled on me 
in my face. They didn't take him to jail. They didn't take the gun. They didn't do anything. Basically, just left me there to fend for myself. Been there, done it. I've been spit on. You heard the story about almost being raped by a, a family friend. We've been through a lot. The stories are endless. Um, now when I sit down and I think about it, I, I'm sitting here like, wow, you have been through a lot. <laughs> Thank God I don't look like what I've been through. But that's the reason why I'm able to hold space for my clients and be able to be there for them. Most, if you're going to a therapist and there's nothing wrong with therapy, I have some wonderful therapy friends. I will say this. Many of my clients come to me and they stay with me because they've been to therapists and they say, all I do is talk. I see no emotion. I see no um, empathy, no compassion. They're 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 just let, allowing me to talk and they're asking me questions. With you, I'm able to show my emotion. But if I cry, you cry. And that's true because if I feel their pain, I'm going to cry. I'm still going to coach you through that. And I'm not going to allow you to wallow in it and sit in it. But I am going to allow you to feel those emotions. And I'm going to be right there feeling those emotions with you. Because again, one of the biggest things as sisters we don't get is the ability for someone to see us to share those emotions with us, to carry some of that with us because the burden can be very heavy. Wow. Now that's interesting and amazing that you are where you are today. And I, as you're speaking, I'm like, I'm pretty sure in that moment you didn't understand why you were going through what you went through. You're right. I, to be honest with you, I, I could, it wasn't so much. I never even asked, said, God, why are you allowing this to happen to me? I actually was asking him, my ex-husband, my children's father, why are you doing this to me? How can you love me and do this to me? Well, today, um, I'm happily married. I, I married a second time after my first husband and now I'm married a third time um, and the second husband was a wonderful guy um, but I couldn't love him the way that he deserved to be loved and he couldn't love me the way that I deserved to be loved because I was still looking for that healing my father for him to do things and he he was my husband he wasn't supposed to be my father and we that relationship ended the marriage ended after 16 years and we are we're still friends but and we respect each other because i went back and i did my work my work started in 2009 and i realized that something's wrong i didn't know what it was i did not have a therapist i did this work by myself i read the books and then I did the work because a lot of times is that we have the books and we, we read the books, but how do you do it? I did the work. I did the journaling. I did the meditating. I did the feeling my feelings. Not only did I do those things, I also did the 
phone calls and the call and the emails to say, I'm sorry for my part. Mm-hmm. I apologize to my mom. I apologize to my ex-husband. And I didn't apologize for them, but I did feel like they needed to understand why I did the things that I did. Because at the time I was hurting and I wanted you guys to hurt too. Hurt people hurt people. I didn't understand it at the time. I thought I'm getting, you know, I'm just mad. I'm hurt. I'm angry. And when I was able to do the work, the healing for myself is when I understood what my journey was and how all of those people, those pieces fit together for me to be the woman that I am today. Would I change anything? Nope. And people go, are you kidding? Nope, I wouldn't. And I know that sounds great, but if I changed anything in my life, I would not be able to support the people that I'm supporting today. Right. So everything that I went through was for purpose. Mm-hmm. Because the one thing I always tell my clients, we were created on purpose, for purpose, with purpose. And if you can remember that, if you remember nothing else of this 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 time together with our nation and myself, please remember that, that God did not make any mistakes. He did not make any mistakes and that there is purpose within you and that you were created for a purpose. We just got to tap into it. And that's where healing comes into play. Mm, I love it. I love it. I love it. You actually just answered. I was going to ask you for um, a memorable moment question, but I feel like that was it. That was it. The purpose. Mm-hmm. The purpose part. I always like to end with the memorable moment, meaning like something that people can remember you from. And um, if there's anything else, definitely let us know. But the you were here on purpose, for purpose, by purpose. Is that what? <laughs> God created you on purpose. On purpose. For purpose, because he has a purpose with purpose. With purpose. Now we just got to go out there and walk it out. Walk it out. Walk it out. Absolutely. Walk Absolutely. it out. Yes. Wow. And know that, you know, a lot of times we think we don't know what our purpose is, but we do. We don't know what our purpose is because we're looking for something externally to show us and guide us to where our purpose is. Our purpose is right here inside our heart. And if we actually just ask God to show us who we've been all our lives, he will, he will show you. It will come to you in some of the most, you'll be like, oh, Oh my God. Oh my God. Literally, you will be like, Oh my God, because he will show you who you're supposed to be in so many different ways. But you just have to be open to it and hearing and, and knowing that it's inside of you. If your passion is for people, if you love people, there's a reason for it. If you love talking to people, there's a reason for it. If you love singing, there's a reason for it. I love singing. I love talking to people. I love all of those things. My husband is an artist. He loves to art, to draw, but he's also, he's a teacher. He's the type of person that if he sees someone sitting on the sidelines or something, he plays soccer, he'll go and just talk to him and strike. I mean, he talks to everybody. If you, the walls could talk, they would. he would talk to him. <laughs> I would too, probably. I can't, you know, but that's his ministry. 
He didn't have to. We didn't have to look outside of him to find out what his purpose was. His purpose is to pour into other people. He's the type of person that will. Um, when I, I fell in love with him because there was something that he did. We were at Waffle House and he gave the cleaning person a tip, not our waiter, not our waitress. He did give that person a tip too, but he was like, can you get her attention? And I was like, why? I didn't, it, it made no sense to me. I had never seen anyone do that. And he was like, he gave her a tip and he was like, thank you for all that you do. And I was looking at him like, what just happened? Oh my God, this man is so beautiful. That's his purpose mm -hmm. to put a smile on someone else's face. So if you're looking for your purpose, just figure out what it is that just brings everyone to your to your playground as they say as they will. What brings people to you? Is it your smile? That will be your energy. So many things, but you don't really have to look outside of yourself. It's inside you, sweetie. He will reveal it to you. I love it. Oh, this just gave me a lot of just encouragement. And if you're watching, I just hope and pray that you have not watching. I'm sorry, listening. If you're listening, I definitely hope that you have picked up some pieces, a lot of pieces, a lot of nourishment from this conversation because it wasn't just it wasn't just information. This was something to walk with and encourage you because maybe you're in a time of your life where you're seeking your purpose or you're trying to heal from past wounds. There is possibility in healing. I can speak that yes. for myself. And as we have heard from, from Tracy today that she has overcome a lot and perhaps something that you have said, you may find yourself in that place right now. I want you to be encouraged. We both want you to be encouraged and knowing that it is possible for you yeah. to get through this process and time of your life and that there is something greater on the other side, that your story, their story is being made right now. And all you have to do is follow those steps of guidance, those nudges that God is giving you and seek help, seek help um, as much as you can. Uh, Tracy here, she is a coach. She is a trauma healing and mindset coach. I would highly recommend you to go on a discovery call, talk with her, follow her on Instagram. Her Instagram is planted to flourish, planted to, that's T-O, flourish, and it's all together. That's her Instagram. And she also has a website, plantedtoflourish.com. And uh, is there anything else that you would like to leave with us, Tracy? I would. I would also encourage you guys because Instagram is, you know, it's not my platform, so it could be gone at any time. Um, I do also have a private Facebook group, which is called Unapologetically Me. Um, you can certainly join that as well, and I would welcome you there. And inside that group, I do um, affirmations. We do journal prompts. I do um typically weekly uh, live sessions on something um, to encourage and help you through that healing process. And the last thing I want to leave you with is join me every Tuesday for Tea Talks with Coach Tracy. And that is on Instagram and is at 10 a.m. Eastern time. And we do a, a short, deep dive into something about trauma. For instance, tomorrow we're going to be talking about 
um, productivity, black women and trauma, how it shows up from intergenerational trauma, workplace trauma, and also historical trauma. Um, so you get bits and pieces and nuggets of, of healing information that even if you can't work with a therapist, even if you can't work with me as your coach, you still get some tools to help you with because typically throughout any time I'm doing something, I'm leaving you with some journal prompts. I'm leaving you with some breath work. I'm leaving you with something that you can incorporate into your journey to help you um, heal. So I, I would certainly love to have you all um, as part of my community and to be able to hold space and love on you all as well. And I just want to say thank you for this beautiful platform. Um, I can already, I just feel chills right now. Um, just hearing you and knowing what this platform is going to do for the people that you're going to touch. I just want to say, continue on your journey, continue to listen to God's will for your life and continue showing up and doing what you're doing. People do see you. People are listening. And we, like you told me, we need this. We need to see ourselves because representation truly does matter. And we need to know that we have each other's back. We got our own back, but we also need to know that we have each other's back because society would tell us that black women don't have each other's back. And that we know that that is not true. Um, so thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And much, much success with this. I can't wait to see how God continues to just grow this and everything that he's put on your on your plate for you to complete in this life thank you so much and thank you You're so welcome. much for joining Tracy thank we'll you. catch you later on the God Identity Podcast thank you for tuning in to today's episode if you've gained anything from our podcast please leave us a review letting us know your thoughts and don't forget to subscribe to up to me radio on your favorite podcast platform and follow at i am arnesia that's at i a m a r n e s j a h on social media to hear more from the god identity podcast i'll catch you later Thank you.